Hey, hey, Jim, is this thing working? Ladies and gentlemen, today I unfortunately have to report to you that Noah Meyer has gotten lost in the woods and will be unable to host today's episodes. That being said, we have hired a replacement. He goes by Balboa. Please join me in welcoming your second class, second choice host, Mr. Balboa. Yep, that's me. I am Balboa, the one that, the one that, yep. Noah got lost in the, no, I'm just kidding. This is Noah Meyer. Hi, hi. Uh, good to be back. Thank you for joining in on the Shine Out Show once again. Today is going to be a very interesting day because we're talking about, well, we're talking about uh, what a Christian should do in politics. And also we're going to be talking a little bit about guns. It's going to be interesting. So stick around for the whole show. Um, so the, in the last episode, if you want to look back on the last episode, we talked about philosophical things like uh, what, what it means to have a thought and what a personal identity is. What are these things? It's, um, it's really confusing and, and it's very inconclusive. So if you're curious about where your thoughts come from and what really defines who you are, go check out that episode. Um, also, um, so yeah, so this episode is, is going to be a lot about, you know, how Christians, um, how their faith should affect our political views and, and activism. Um, we're also going to talk about school, the school shooting a little bit and, and gun rights. I figured, you know, you know, the, the school shooting that happened in Florida uh, a week or two ago is a very tragic thing. And I thought, you know, maybe maybe it would be good to get some some clarity, some uh, perspective on that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Now, for me, I just want to remind you that I am going to Cuba this spring break. I'm leaving in just a couple of weeks. I'm going through an organization called Filter of Hope. We are bringing filters um, to people there that, that need clean water. They can use these filters to, to purify the dirty water. And we are able to spread the gospel with, uh, with that. And yeah, it's going to be great. So if, if you would like to support me, that would be great. Go on to missionminder.com and search Noah Meyer, Cuba, and I should come up. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, also, I want to give a quick shout out to my brother, Sam. Sam just accepted a job at Apple, um, the company that makes the devices that in, you know, th- that you look at for, for six hours a day. That is is the company that that my brother Sam just accepted an offer at. So I want to say congrats to him. Good job, Sam. He's moving out to uh, he's moving out to uh, the Bay Area in California in just a couple of weeks. So he'll be missed, but gives me a reason to go out there. Okay, good. So yeah, so there's there's a little bit of a life update from me. I'm gonna go ahead and dive into the material because. I, um, we've got a lot here and I just want to go ahead and, and get right into it. Okay. So 
so let's start with um, this first question of how really should Christians um, how, how should Christians' faith affect their political views and uh, how they are active in politics and what that looks like. So, so the first question that I find is necessary um, to answer this question is, well, how important is obedience and what does that look like in terms of government and law and all that? And as Christians, we, it is our duty to respect the law of the land in which we live and uh, abide by it. Now, Jesus said, uh, he said to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So, of course, he's talking there about, he's talking uh, you know, about taxes there to a degree, but then he's also talking about everything else. You know, what, you know, I, I live in this, in this country, and so therefore I need to do my duty as a, as a citizen, you know, paying taxes, being an active citizen, um, even, even something, you know, fi- finding a job and participating in society. Um, even, I mean, I would even go as far to say volunteering at, you know, uh, um, homeless shelters and, and whatnot. And that would be a good thing to do as a responsible citizen and as a Christian, because not only are you giving back to the society in which you live, in which the, the, the government, uh, governs over, but you're also sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others in your community. So that is the first thing that I want to say because I think it's very important that we are obedient. Paul Paul said, "Let everyone uh, let everyone uh, submit to governing authorities." Um, he says, "All authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God." So, so that you know, leads us to believe, well, the governments and the people in power today are there by God's own hand. And that can be a little bit concerning sometimes because maybe you just absolutely do not like the the person or the people in power and you can't understand why God would ever let these people come to power. And it's not meant to be, it was a mistake and it was our fault. Well, no, I, God. I think God does have a plan, as as Paul says, um, that you know all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So, if that's true, then obviously that person is there for a reason. However, that does not necessarily mean that all the things that person is doing is godly or um, allows for the most freedoms on an individual level or whatnot, but it serves a greater cause. And that is what you need to trust when you are looking at, uh, the governing authorities. Um, so, so then I, I want to go on to say that, you know, that there's laws that could maybe prohibit you from sharing the gospel or living out your faith. And, and of course, we see this in scripture. We see this in scripture all the time where, uh, I mean, the, you know, most of the disciples were killed for their faith um, or, uh, or you know, thrown in prison, exiled. 
And we, and so obviously they're not abiding by the law. So we then can take a step back and say, okay, so what's more important here? The, the law given by man or the essentially the, the life that we're called to live through Jesus Christ. And obviously the life that we're called to live through Jesus Christ trumps the law of the governing bodies. Uh, as, as Peter said, he said, we, we must obey God rather than men. Okay. So what, you know, what does that look like? Many times, however, I mean, the laws of men do line up with with scripture and and with with good things because law is is what keeps order it's it's what keeps the peace um and so obviously you know the 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 law not to speed on the interstate is um is a good law because it prohibits people from going too fast driving recklessly which could cause which can lead to uh, harm and injury and death and and obviously that is an example of a law that you can obey and still very easily uh, live out your faith. In fact, it helps you live out your faith better. Um, so so yeah, that is that is important to recognize. We, by the grace of God, live in a country where at this point does not infringe on our religious liberty. Okay, but if it were to, if it were to infringe, then disobeying the law is required, really, as a Christian, and at least the 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 laws that infringe on those on those rights. And so, if we're if we are to obey God rather than men, then it could lead to imprisonment. It could lead to um, execution or or anything else. And that is a risk that we take. And that is a reason though, to disobey the law of the land. Okay. Thankfully we don't have any laws like that yet, but it could happen. So the next thing is really what then with this said, what then is our position as Christians that we should take to be active in politics? Um, well, what I say to that is we, we need, we should be active and we should care about justice and peace and just the overall value of human life. And so that we're going to talk about more in the next segment. Okay. Stick around. And welcome back to the shine out show where all your questions are answered. Okay. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, uh, what Christians should do, in terms of there are our political views and our activism, and uh, right before the end of the last segment, I said that as Christians we should be concerned with with first and foremost justice and peace and really the overall valuing of the human life, um, each individual human life, and. the The thing is, though, with that is that these things are not always clear. People have different opinions on what uh, is justice or what is going to lead to the, the most peace um, and what's, what's considered human life. So thankfully, we can look to 
the God's word, the scripture, the Bible on these things, and we can find a pretty good idea on a lot of a lot of hot button issues that we have. For for example, um, of course, the hot button ones like abortion, we can find in Psalm one thirty nine that it says God knit us together in our mother's womb. You know, so it's a it's a spiritual process. The entire the entire pregnancy process and a, a baby developing in a mother's womb. There's no point at which at which that that baby isn't being developed and knit together by God in the mother's womb and to really I mean really at the time of conception that begins to happen. So so there for an example is is one that's why a lot of Christians believe that um that abortion should not be legal uh, because uh, because it's murder because it's murder. I mean, you know, and if if a if a clump of cells, which is which is not what it is, but if a clump of cells, even if it was just a clump of cells, we know that it's going to turn into a baby, a human breathing living being. So to scrape it out and is is the same thing as 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 murder. And so from an abortion with abortion, you've got your you're murdering and you are really uh, destroying God's handiwork. So so that's that. Another another big thing is homosexuality. Uh, you know the the Bible discusses many times how marriage and sex is 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 meant in the context of being between a man and a woman, and so obviously we Christians that's why we have our view on that, and um, and you know it, it's important that we understand that the Bible has uh has opinions on these things because of because the, because these these rules I guess that you can say in the law like you know no abortion and no homosexuality and, and and a plethora of other things the reason that those are even there in the first place is because those if they're obeyed and followed are for the betterment of society as a whole anyway um and so the church really needs to to take a stand and speak up for these things and not waver like it tends to do so many times. It's if if the church isn't speaking the truth, then no one will. It's it's very important that the church is speaking the truth. I mean, after all, we as Christians are are the beacons of light in society and should therefore fight for righteousness and speak the truth. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, I, these social issues that are so controversial, uh, we need to stand by them and not waver because we have to understand that if these, if the way of, of the Bible is, um, is what wins out, ultimately society will be better off. Um, and of course, of course, we could go into all the statistics and reasoning for that, um, but of course, we're not going to do that uh, in this show. But but just it's good to understand understand that from a broad perspective. Um, so, okay, okay. So now we we understand that 
that these things that as Christians, we need to fight for what the scripture teaches and um, fight for truth because because it's it's better for society and it's better for individual people. Uh, we care about the individual person. And so we need to look to scripture and we also need to be practical in our understanding of the law and um, what we should be active what we should be active in and in, in terms of uh, politics and uh, keep in mind the, uh, the individual person, what is going to give each individual person the most freedom to ultimately um, live the best life that they can. And uh, what is going to give the most value to each individual human life? And, um, that's each, not weighing one life over another. That's another big thing. I think that, you know, we need to be aware of making sure that we are, um, we care for each life individually and do not value one life over another. Um, now this can be a very complicated subject, but that is a general, a generally good rule of thumb just to, just to go by. Um, but it can get very messy even, even with that, uh, which maybe we'll talk about some of the, some of the issues around, um, just valuing human life and not valuing one human life over another, because there are plenty of examples, for example, um, just really quick, for example, um, conjoined twins that are, that are born, um, together and, 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 and have grown together in the mother's womb and, uh, to separate them, you, you would kill one and, but the other one would survive. But if you, if you left them, um, if you left them conjoined, then they weren't going to, they weren't going to live very long. Uh, so, you know, what's the correct answer there? Um, cause you don't want to value one of the twins lives over the other, but at the same time, if you don't do anything, then they'll both die. So really, what is what can be done about that? that? That's something that we might be able to talk about on another show. But I just say that to say that there are certain circumstances where you have um, this valuing of each individual human life to be kind of a blurred line of what's really the best uh case here what what what's the best thing to do from a christian perspective of of understanding that each person is made in the image of god and and we all um we all we, we should care for every individual um but anyway that for another time so we're going to move on to the uh school shootings and and gun rights a little bit here and and we want to try to when we when we think about this base off what we uh decide what we um, basically we want to use what we know as Christians, as what we just talked about and, and apply that to, to gun rights and, um, and, and all these things in, in terms of firearms and school shootings. Um, and we, again, we need to keep in mind that we should care first and foremost about justice and peace. Okay. And then, and then of course, valuing of the human life, which, which includes the freedom of, of the people to practice their faith. Okay. So that's very important to remember. Now we should, we should look at history as well when we think about these things. And first of all, 
I'm just going to come right out and say that throughout history, the number one entity that has taken away these good things, you know, true justice and the freedom of the people and, and peace, the, the number one entity that's taken away these things has been government. Um, it's, it's been the, the governing body or, or the monarch or whatever it may have been in history that has taken away these things. And so that is why the United States has been such a change for good in the world because we were really the first nation to not really have a government that had the power to do that sort of thing. Many nations would may have started off good and then because of too much power has led to to bad things and taking away justice and peace and freedoms. And that is why you end up with so much corruption. But that is why the United States has been so prosperous. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next sec- in the next segment. So stick around. We're going to talk about guns and the school shooting. Stick around. And segment three. Welcome to the Shine Out Show. Visit me. Uh, at the shineoutshow.wordpress.com to learn more about the show and about me. And in this segment, we're, we're going to be talking about um, the United States and guns um, and gun ownership. And so, so we were just saying how the number one entity um, to take away good things like peace and freedom and justice has been has been government um, just throughout history that that has been what has taken away these these good things from the people and that the United States has has defied that uh, because more power has been given to the people um, and that uh, letting your individual voice be heard I think that's very important and and it has proven to be uh, successful as we've seen um, on a global scale with the United States so so now taking a specific look at the U.S. Constitution, of course, with guns, the Second Amendment, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So first of all, I want to dissect this a little bit. The first, the first statement says a well-regulated militia. What is a well... So a lot of people get this confused, saying the Second Amendment is for... Um, the the right uh, to have a well-regulated militia in each state, um, so on and so forth, that that's important. And uh, that's that is a uh, misunderstanding of this of the Second Amendment because we have to understand uh, the the entirety of of this statement. Let's focus in on the right of the people to keep and bear arms, the right of the people, okay, the right of the people, the people, was it is is a little it is a the phrase the people is used throughout the constitution multiple times and other amendments um including the right of the people to uh you know have free speech and freedom of the press and and freedom to assemble these are all rights of the people in no different way than it is stated here in the second amendment that the people is clearly referring to the people, all the people, the individual. So, um, so the reason now, now what, what we have the right of the people to keep and bear on the right of the people to keep and bear arms. That is what is called an operative clause. That is the what 
of the statement. It is what is being referred to. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. You could leave that as a single standalone statement and the amendment would not change. So, but you have to understand that when the writers were writing this, they needed to give a reason why they are, um, you know, why a, a certain amendment is is being uh, enacted because uh, of, of, of certain, you know, of certain reasons. They need to give those reasons so that the amendment can be better understood. Um, and so that is a, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. That is a justification clause. Um, and it, it, it justifies why the right of the people to keep and bear arms is necessary. Um, being, it says being necessary to, to the security of a, of a free state. Free state in this statement is in reference to the state of the United States of America. It's, it's in reference to the entire state, the entire nation state, which is the USA. So it is uh, in reference to that. Um, so, so the right of the people is every person across all 50 states um, in America, and it is their individual right for uh, them to keep and bear arms. Now, Sam Adams said uh, in terms of, uh, he, as he proposed for the Constitution, he said um, uh, that, the Constitu- that the Constitution be never construed to authorize Congress to infringe the just liberty of the press or the rights of conscience or to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. So it, it, it was important to these founders that peaceable that it was that it was the peaceable citizens that that were the ones keeping arms the, the ones that were defending the peace um and and it was it was a, it was a defense against tyranny uh was was a big was a big deal and it, it is still a big deal today um even though it, it feels like we're we're so safe and secure that nothing bad could ever happen in the united states nothing bad's gonna happen well it's easy to settle into that, but it's in that moment when, when the majority has settled in to that mindset that all hell breaks loose and tyranny rises. Uh, so it's very important again that that we have that we that we we have access to guns for that reason. Um, it, it's it's also important to note that that guns. Um, Guns and other assault weapons were taken away from Jews in Nazi Germany before they got slaughtered. Um, and because Jews were, on the on the whole, they were law-abiding citizens. They were they contributed to society. Um, you know, they they had jobs. They were they were good at at, at living life uh, in Germany, and then. Uh, guns and other assault weapons were taken away from them. They were banned specifically from Jews. And um, next thing you know, uh, the Holocaust happened. So it, it's just it's it it's important that even even Nazi Germany could know, could tell that that to try to conquer a people that was armed would be far more challenging than 
a, a disarmed people. Um, and so that's what they did. They, they took their arms. Uh, and okay. So lo- looking specifically at America, 37% of Americans say that they or someone in their household owns at least one gun, according to Pew Research. So that would be approximately 100 million gun owners in the United States today. Or 325 million guns are in circulation that we know of in the United States. So to increase gun control in order to decrease crime, you would have to ban you'd have to ban all guns. You'd have to ban all of it. Um, because if you ban one type of gun, you might as well ban all guns. And uh, and so if you were going to ban all guns, then you'd also have to confiscate all the current guns in circulation. Um, now, the reason being is because, well, you look at other countries that have attempted to do this, and only about one-third of the citizens comply with, um, with the ban and with the confiscation of, of the guns. So the two the the two thirds of people that do not comply very easily these weapons could could go into the black market and boom we've got a black market overload of of people now buying guns illegally and boom increase crime. So so you would have to if you're going to put if you're going to increase gun control um you, you you're only going to end up taking uh, guns away from good people and failing to keep guns away from bad people. the the good the the good people would include Christians like our like like myself and and other people that that may be listening and um and so of course because we would be law abiding we would hand over our firearms, as I believe that we should as Christians, if that were the law that should pass, we would hand over our weapons. Okay, does that mean that that, that is the best thing that that um, could occur? Absolutely not, because there are plenty of other people that will not turn in their weapons and will use them to uh, do harm instead of protect the good, um, not to mention um, the threat of tyranny. And... Um, and now, okay, so with all this said, um, you know, the, the, the school shooting in Florida was, was tragic. And, of course, there's talk now about arming teachers with weapons. And, and you know, may, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not. Um, but I think that at least uh, we should care far more about having good people with weapons on uh, the campus of these school, the campuses of these schools, um, to people with courage to 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 run in there when when an active shooter is is firing away and and um, and really if, to to shoot back and, and put it put it to an end far quicker than um, the time it takes for police to get there. Um, I think I, I saw some sort of statistic that said. That um, active shooters uh, take they, they they from the time that they start shooting to the time that um, they're done or they shoot themselves or 
they run um, is two to four minutes. And uh, the time it takes for police to get there is between six and eight minutes. And so the police get there and you've already got multiple, multiple deaths, uh, multiple people shot. And that could have been uh, stopped if someone was already on site, multiple people, preferably on site that had the courage to shoot back. Now, with all this said, um, Jesus said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. But what is, what does that mean? There, there, there's, um, there, there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. And as Christians, we need to know, we need to understand that peace is obviously preferred. Peace is good. However, we live in a fallen world and guns are necessary to defend that peace. Because if, if good people who care about defending the peace don't have guns, you have nothing, they have nothing to defend it with. So that is my perspective on gun control and, and, um, arming the citizen, I think that it's important that now more than ever, as, as the country continues to move in a, in a direction that is, um, further away from the original ideologies of the founders and more towards that of liberal Europe, um, we need to be aware of what could happen and be willing to to take up arms and and I think so I I challenge that I challenge people to try and go and get your concealed carry permit get get buy, buy a weapon and learn how to use it and learn how to keep it safe um, it's very important that, that if you own a weapon that it's locked up um, somewhere that no no one else um, can get to it um, only you, only you and, and maybe your spouse, um, so, you know, somebody that you, you really trust and that's it. Um, but I think training and safety is very important if you own an, if you own a weapon and if you're not going to do that, then, then it's better that you don't own a weapon. I, I think that you can cause more harm than good. And, uh, but if you, if you will do that and you will go through the necessary training and safety training, um, that, that you should, you should certainly get a weapon. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's it. Uh, that, that's my perspective. Um, I hope that, that you learned something and that my perspective is clear to you. So, uh, if you disagree with me, that's fine. Just, uh, go onto my website, the shineoutshow.wordpress.com and let me know that you disagree and tell me why, uh, be respectful. Thank you. And, uh, but that's it. That's the show. And I, I want to, um, thank everyone for, for, for listening and, and just remember that we as Christians are, are called to, to live um, uh, above the, uh, above the, the, the standard of, of uh, society and, and push against the grain and, and, um, and really just just care about justice and peace and, and this, the sanctity of, of human life. So that's very important. And you need to be active in politics to ensure that you are, that, 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 that truth is being spoken and, and, uh, enacted as, as much as possible. Um, and, and yeah. Okay. So, so that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening to the shine out show. Uh, go, go to the shine out and tune in next week for another episode. 